started. Thank you all for being here today on the last day of the year. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor. We thank you for the opportunity to be in the house of God with the people of God. God, we don't take it lightly that we have the ability physically to be here mentally. We give you praise, glory, and honor for that. We pray now, Lord, that your Holy Spirit move in this chapel, in this service, each and every facet of the services today. Your will be done, Father. We submit ourselves to you, this vessel. Everything that is me is now of for you, Father. I surrender to you totally. Let my thoughts be your thoughts and my words be your words. Let nothing come forth from this vessel that is not of you. May the hearers of the word be also doers of the word. Let the word take root in their heart. And Holy Spirit, as we are promised at the time appointed, it will come back to our remembrance. It will grow and be a seed of righteousness in our hearts. Father, we thank you that your word does not come back to you void. Praise you for your word. Lord, bless those that are still traveling here. In the name of Jesus, give us safety as we go home today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. So a couple of Wednesdays ago, I taught about trusting God, and I taught from Hebrews 11, and I used a few examples, but as I was teaching, God gave me this revelation, and uh, this is the sermon that we're doing today, the teaching we're doing today, and if you want to put a title to it, is is your can't, C-A-N-T, kills your able, A-B-L-E. And this is a rendition of the story of Cain and Abel. Your can't kills your able. Genesis 4. We'll, we'll read verses 1 through um, 8. And I want to read um, uh, in the New King, and then I want to go back and read it in the New Living Translation because it... Uh, there's some wording there I want you to, to get. The New King James Version is the closest, according to the scholars, to the original translation, uh, the original Bible in the Hebrew. It's the original to uh, how it was written. It's closest they could come. Um, the other translations, though, um, sometimes you do notice a difference in the wording and I like having that because sometimes it explains things and breaks things down to where I can understand it. But I have noticed sometimes you lose the power of those words, of how it was written originally. So it's always good to look at both, I think. The New King James Version of Genesis 4, it says, Now Adam knew Eve, his wife, and she conceived and bore Cain, and said, I have acquired a man from the Lord. Then she bore again... This time, his brother Abel. Now, Abel was a keeper of, the sh of sheep, but Cain was a tiller of the ground. And in the process of time, it came to pass that Cain brought forth, brought an offering of the fruit of the ground to the Lord. Abel also brought of the firstborn of his flock and of their fat. And the Lord respected Abel and his offering, but he did not respect Cain and his offering. And Cain was very angry, and his countenance fell. So the Lord said to Cain, Why are you angry, and why has your countenance fail, fallen? God, he, he takes interest in your, your moods. 
in how you look and present yourself. That is important as a, as a child of God. Is If you do well, notice his advice, if you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you do not do well, sin lies at the door. Notice that. That's a door there. Sin lies at the door. There's a choice. And it desire and its desire is for you. Sin always desires you. That's because of the fall. All this happened after the fall in the garden. It says, but you should rule over it. Again, should. There's a choice word again. Should. You have a choice to make. You should rule over it. But will you? But will you? So I want to talk about your can'ts. That kill your able. We see. Let's let me read that before I start and elaborate. Let's go to the New Living Translation, and I want to read the verses three through eight in the New Living Translation, and just listen to the wording of this. And it says, um, "When it was time for the harvest, Cain presented some of his crops as a gift to the Lord." Abel also brought a gift, the best portions of the firstborn lamb from his flock. The Lord accepted Abel and his gift, but he did not accept Cain and his gift. This made Cain very angry, and he looked dejected. Why are you so angry, said the Lord, he asked Cain. Why do you look so dejected? You will be accepted if you do what is right. There's that choice again. But if you refuse to do what is right, then watch out. Sin is crouching at the door, eager to control you. But you must subdue it and be its master. We don't much think about when we can't. But we, we reject uh, the leading of the Holy Spirit. And even we reject not just when he asks us to do something, but what the word says that we're supposed to be, how we're supposed to live and how we're supposed to act. And a lot of times we say, I can't do that because of uh, that. You know, that's just uh, this is who I was. And I just, you know, what's that saying? Oh, it's just who I am. It's just who I am. Oh, forgive me, but it's just who I am. No, 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 no. That's a can't that has killed your able to do what you're supposed to do. When we allow our can'ts to affect our able, we offer or produce a some effort, if that. Notice he said in there, he said um, that able brought some when you look that up, what does some mean? Some means a very small amount. Some means that it is not the best. Some means that it is the little, littlest effort. It's a some amount. Are you producing a some amount? Are you offering a some amount? You do when you say, I can't. I can't do that. I, I just, you know, I don't, I never lived that way before. I don't know how to do that. That's, I can't in the spirit. I can't. Cain had a spirit all his own. It was his heart. It was his heart. He had an attitude and a spirit. Cain brought forth some. He put little effort, if any, into what he did. 
Some scholars think that because of the covering of the skin, the, the sacrifice God did in the garden to cover their nakedness, that maybe, just maybe, God had implemented that kind of sacrifice system, you know, f- to worship him. It's not in the scripture, but that's what they think. We don't know. But he didn't put much effort in his offering, some. And it didn't come from his ability. It come from his heart. A sum. Are you putting out just a sum effort? Just sometimes. Sometimes not at all. Cain became angry. Notice he became angry. Do you know why he was angry? It was pride. It was nothing more than simple pride. He was angry because Abel had bested him. And he was the younger brother. He had done a better thing. And then with the anger opened the door of dejection, or his countenance fell, the new King James fell. He, he looked different. And when you let anger and these emotions start to rule you, you see differently. Sadness walks in, depression walks in, and then vengeance usually walks in. And we know in this story that's, that was the next step. Even though God had told him, if you do what is right, you will be accepted. But he warned him. He said, watch out, though, because sin is crouching at the door. It's eager to control you. This is what happens when we allow our don'ts or can'ts to control our abilities or what we're able to do. When we, when we shortchange God. God has called you to be. He has set you at this appointed day and time. He even put you in this family for a reason. And I'm talking spiritual and then the natural. There is a reason why you were born at this time to these families. You are called for something. You are called to be a light. You're called to be a city set on the hill. You are called to be. It's a choice, though. It's a choice. Will you choose to do what is right and leave the cants behind you so that you are able? God's not going to put something in front of you, ask you to do something, ask you to be something that he doesn't already know is in you and can be through him, with him, in the effort. And so we look, Cain eventually killed Abel. If you go on down in there, he calls his brother out into the field. And while they're there, Cain attacks his brother Abel and killed him. He used a rock. They didn't have weapons. It's amazing what your mind, an evil mind, will devise. How to, well, how you see. It's, I heard a preacher one time say, how do you see God? How do you have the ability to see God and, and see spiritual? Well, you've got to learn God and how he operates with everybody. How he worked with David and how he worked with Daniel. How he worked with Paul and Peter and uh, Gideon and, and all the people in the Bible. They're all examples of how God works. Was he always true to his word? Yes. He never changes. We may change. We're different people. We come from different backgrounds. We have different upbringings, different mindsets. But God is always true. Always true. He is the one true thing in your life 
that you can depend on. I love my husband and my children, but I cannot depend on them like I do God. God is faithful despite who I am. We live by emotions, unfortunately, when we don't need to. You need to live by the leading of the Holy Spirit. When we take that part of ourselves and give it to God, and sometimes that's a daily, daily thing, because things make you mad, things make you sad, things frustrate you. You're like, okay, God, here it is, you know, right there it is. If Cain had done what God had told him to do, do what is right, and listen to the warning that God had given him, his can't would not have killed Abel. He was upset. He was angry. He was depressed. But sin always leads to death. That's scripture. Sin always leads to death. You may think your can't is just, you know, oh, it's just, it doesn't affect anybody but me. It's going to lead to your death, but it also affects the death of others. It will affect others somehow. And I, I was listening to something this morning, and I had seen it in the scriptures in Hebrews 11 when I was teaching about the example of how to follow God. And I want to read it to you and bring this out the way God showed me. Hebrews 11. Let me find the scripture. Hebrews eleven twenty three, it was by faith that Moses' parents hid him for three months when he was born. They saw that God had given them an unusual child, and they were not afraid to disobey the king's command. And it was by faith that Moses, when he grew up, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter. He chose to share the oppression of God's people instead of enjoying the fleeting pleasure of sin. He thought it was better to suffer for the sake of Christ than to own the treasures of Egypt. For he was looking ahead to his great reward. Isn't that beautiful? But let me tell you, parents, aunts, uncles, grandparents, whoever you are, people, I just, I don't know, it's just my idea. Do you think the faith of those parents somehow filtered down to their son? Your can'ts kill your able. That's a battle your children are going to struggle with too. That, that's where a curse starts. If you can't deal with temptations of, of certain things, it's going to devour you, and then it has, it has an open door to your children or to your grandchildren, to your aunts, your uncles, your nieces, your nephews, whoever it is. That thing has an open door into your home now into your life, and then you spread that to someone else. It spreads to another person. That's why it's so important. Your can'ts kill your abilities, but it's just not for you. It spreads to each generation, each generation. And I thought that was a wonderful thought when I was reading that. I thought, yeah, God, you're right. Probably he, wasn't, he was raised with them for three years, but I guarantee you that that faith, when he realized who he was truly, and the faith of his parents to disobey the king and do what God was what was right, they thought was right by God, 
brought him to where he was. He had a choice to make. Sin is always crouching at the door. Always crouching at the door. Giving a some effort. That's another way of doing can't. Because you're not giving it all. When God says, do it this way, you do it that way. God says, you go there, you go there. You stay there until God takes you out and puts you in another place. You keep uh, going. Keep going until God says, it's time to move here. Now, this same thing goes with your life. When you read the word, you take it, you apply it toward your life. That, that requires change in your life. That requires pain in your life. And In my personal experience, it, it's usually a painful thing because I don't want to act that way. I'd rather act what's going to satisfy my flesh. No, but I, I have got to choose the higher calling in my life, which is Christ. So my can'ts, it's not just when God calls you to do something. It's every day you've got to be a Christian. You've got to walk, talk, look, and act like that. I can't if you give a half effort, a some effort, it's not pleasing to God. And the enemy is always crouching at the door. Sin is always crouching at the door waiting. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Sin not. Now, Abel, he didn't follow that, did he? He became angry. But you know, his anger was twisted. It wasn't at himself for being, uh, un- you know, not wholeheartedly. But he, his anger was displaced, and that's what the enemy does takes your anger and displaces it onto other people and then you start looking at them in sin differently and the thoughts of the evil heart come you know the bible talked about cain in different sections hebrews 11 and 4 since we're there i'll read that for you but you're right we are we are emotional people and we're going to be angry but we've got to learn sin is crouching at the door it's it's not for us to uh god says i am your vindicator you know so we've got to learn to close that lying mouth and <laughs> behave. It says, uh, Hebrews, and that's, that's an every day sometimes. <laughs> every day. Well, you all heard me say, I've said it many times. He shut the lion's mouth, and sometimes I'm that lion. <laughs> I'm sitting there, mm-hmm. I'm learning to be quiet. Hebrews 11, it was by faith that Abel brought a more acceptable offering to God than Cain did. Abel's offering gave evidence that he was a righteous man, and God showed his approval of his gift. Although Abel is long dead, he still speaks to us by his example of faith. He didn't have faith. And what does the Bible say? How do we please God? With faith. Sometimes that means putting that anger to the side because, you know, that leads to death. That's sin. That leads to death for us. Yeah. Uh, Jude uh, 1 and 11 talks about uh, a people, uh, God's people. They, he, the writer even says they accepted, they walked in the way of Cain, meaning they were disobedient and they lacked faith. 1 John 3 and 12, John even said that Cain belonged to the evil one. How many times do you think, right, he allowed his, 
his procrastination, whatever it was that kept him from bringing forth the best to God for whatever reason, and most people say it was his heart, and that was evident once God called him out on it and told him, he even told him what to do. Just do right, and you'll be accepted. But remember, evil is crouching at the door, but you're supposed to rule over it. You're not supposed to allow it to rule over you, he told him. But uh, Cain, Cain didn't ask for help, did he? No, uh-uh. He could have said, God, forgive me. I will do better next time. But we do that every day, don't we, when we see our failures. Lord, thank you for showing me this. Uh, help me through the scriptures to understand what I need to do so that I don't walk through that again. Cain never said a word. He just let bitterness and anger fester in his heart. So that's why he couldn't see God in any of that. That sears your vision. Remember Paul on the road to Damascus? What fell off his eyes after a few days? Scales. Enemy wants you scaled up, baby. (laughs) He don't want you to be able to see godly. He don't want you to understand and see God moving in the situation. It is always hard when God brings your faults to yourself. I, I, you know, (laughs) some days I sit at my desk and think, oh, God, God, this is just hard. (laughs) And the Holy Spirit's over there. Really, should you have said that that way? Let me show you a better way you should have done it. This would have been, you know, something more pleasing to God. And I know that. But I acted out of myself or my nature or whatever you want to call it. But... It's not easy when God shows you those things. But you have to learn to accept it. In the right attitude, this is important. Because I can't kill my abilities, my ables. Can't. He didn't ask for help. Even though God said, if you'll do what is right, you will be accepted. If you do well, some version says do well, which means to, do, to be good, to be well, to be glad or pleasing. But he didn't. You know what he did in the next verse? He invited his brother out to the field to kill him. And then when God come and asked where he was, he said, Am I my brother's keeper? Ooh, 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 ooh. This is why John says he belonged to the evil one. But it started with, I can't. Or I don't want to do. For this sermon, we're going to do I can't. We're going to do a sum. Just the sum not going to do it all and so I got to thinking God about some of the other people in the Bible and everybody has an example that you could probably read in the scripture this is why the scriptures are so wonderful to know new and old testament because you can you can just see yourself in so many people (laughs) we're all the same some way or another judges eight I love it Gideon do you remember when the Lord came to him He's out there hiding because Israel's in sin again, again. <laughs> They're in sin, and the enemy's having the, their way with them. And here he is, and the Lord comes to him, and is talking to him. And, and the angel calls him something that he didn't think that he was. Judges 6 and 12. And the angel of the Lord appeared to him and said to him, The Lord is with you. You mighty man of valor. 
What's Gideon's? I can't. <laughs> Go down to 15. So he said to him, oh, my Lord, how can I save Israel? Because God called him to save Israel. He says, indeed, my clan is the weakest in Manasseh, and I am the least in my father's house. I can't. I can't comes about in so many ways. You don't have to just say the words, I can't. You're looking at yourself, I'm the weakest. I'm the least. I'm the poorest. I don't have time. I'm the smallest, I'm the youngest, I'm the oldest, I'm too old, I'm too sick, I don't have time. What is your I can't? And you read the story, God sends him. And he creeps into the camp one night at God's directions. And the men are talking about Gideon, the sword of Gideon, and how God was with him. God had already gone before him and set the stage for his victory. And we're sitting back here going, I can't. I can't. But God says, you are able with me. You are able. What does the scripture say? Hebrews 11 and 6. It says, but without faith it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. Romans 6 and 14 says, For sin shall not have dominion over you. We are victorious through Christ Jesus. Gideon's just one example. Let's talk about Naomi. Remember Naomi? Ruth, 1 and 11. Her husbands are all gone. Her son is gone. Her husband's gone. Her sons are gone. She's sending her daughter-in-laws back to their families because she says, I, do I still have sons in my womb to give you, to marry, and provide for you? In verse 20 of chapter 1 of Ruth, she calls herself Mara. She even changed her name. God didn't do it. She did because she's sorrowful. But if you read on, there was a plan. Naomi was very important in that plan. Had Ruth come back without Naomi or Naomi without Ruth, we would not have Obed, who was David's father, who Christ is in the lineage of Obed and David. In, in chapter 6 of Ruth, I'm sorry. Yeah, chapter, it's, I think it's chapter 4, but it's the last chapter. So why was Naomi important? Ruth was gleaming in a field. She didn't know the rules. She was a foreigner. She didn't know the rules. She didn't even know about a redeemer. Didn't even know Boaz was the redeemer. Naomi clued into that. Whose field have you been in? Boaz. He is a redeemer. He is your redeemer. So here she is. She gives her instructions on how to go about it properly by their customs, by their way. Had Naomi not done that, we would not have Obed. So, and I love when you read about in the last chapter in the women of the village. And they're talking about Naomi. And this is what they read, Ruth number four. So Boaz took Ruth, and she became his wife. And when 
He went into her. The Lord gave her conception and she bore a son. Then the women said to Naomi, they didn't even say it to Ruth. Blessed be the Lord who has not left you this day without a close relative. And may his name be famous in Israel. And may he be to you a restorer of life and a nourisher of your old age. For your daughter-in-law who loves you, who is better to you than seven sons, has bore him. Then Naomi took the child and laid him on her bosom and become a nurse to him. Also the neighbors... Neighbor women gave him a name saying, this is a son born to Naomi. Oh my God, he's a redeemer. And they called his name Obed. And he's the father of Jesse, the father of David. Why is it that they not talk to her? God knows what you need in the time. He was a redeemer for her. Because she had nothing left according to their custom. Husband and sons were gone. She had nobody to redeem her. She couldn't. She could probably marry again. But through Ruth, Ruth was also a foreigner. Maybe that was another thought. But Naomi was the one who had changed her name and needed the redemption. She needed to know that her can't was not going to kill her Abel. That she had reason to go on. And that her name and her husband's name would not be forgotten. I mean, I could think of a thousand things, but there's probably other issues to it. But praise God. But what if she had stood there and she did for a long time. I can't. I can't bear your children. I can't. And that was true. She couldn't. But God had another plan. If she had allowed her can't to keep her from educating uh, Ruth to know how to bring about this redemption... Her life would have been totally different, and so would have Ruth's. Isn't that crazy? I want to give you one elastic one example, Elijah, and I won't read it. First Kings. Do you remember Elijah killed all the prophets? You don't have to go there. I'm just going to go through it. Killed all the prophets. One woman makes a threat, and he runs. Verse 4, he's sitting under the tree going, Lord, just take me. I, I just want to die now from one woman. I can't. One woman. He's defeated all these prophets. He's seen miracles of fire come down from heaven, even though the altar was flooded with water. God sucked it up with fire from heaven. And verse 10, he says, I alone and left. I can't. I can't. We all have our can't moments. But like Paul says, I press toward the mark. This is a mark moment for you. That's a mark moment. What's the mark? Mark is a pivotal moment in your life. And we have many of them. Every day. That's the mark in acting is where you're supposed to stand so that you can be seen and heard clearly. Press. Paul says, I press toward the mark of the high calling of God. Press. I want to leave you with what God told him in verse 7. If you do well, will you not be accepted? And if you don't do well, sin lies at the door. It's crouching at the door, one version says. And it desires, and its desire is for you. But you should rule over it. Don't allow your cants to kill your able. 
you have the Holy Spirit within you, and you are able to do what God has called you to do, what God is wanting you to be, mighty warriors for him. Father, we give you praise, glory, and honor, and we thank you for the word of encouragement today to let us know that you were always with us. Your spirit lives within us, and with God, all things are possible. With man, it's not, but with God, it is possible. Help us, Lord Jesus, to take the eyes off ourselves and to see you and to walk the walk that you've called us to walk each and every day of our lives. And thank you for the grace and the mercy that we have. When we fail, Lord, you help us right back up. You get us back on the right path. Thank you, Lord, for that. Help us not to be discouraged in those moments, but to remember that our, our can'ts cannot rule over us because we are able. In Jesus' name, amen.